Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 324. With the fall college golf season coming to an end, there are just a couple more tournaments on my 2023 calendar before shutting it down, getting ready for the holidays, and also getting prepped for an exciting 2024. Today, I'm on my way out of the country, heading to the Dominican Republic, where the temperature should be hovering around the mid-80s. I know, I know. But as a South Floridian, this gets me very excited. Is it a vacation? No, I'm going there to cover the Devil's Elbow Invitational at Punta Cana Resort and Club. This is a mid-amateur invitational tournament where the champion will receive an exemption into the PGA Tours Corrales Championship. Yes, you heard that correctly. A mid-am tournament with a PGA Tour exemption up for grabs. My guest on this episode of the Back of the Range is one of the co-founders of the Devil's Elbow, Eric Morales. Eric is a Puerto Rico native, easily one of the most colorful mid-ams that I see at tournaments all over the United States. He has competed in USGA championships, he's qualified to compete in the Puerto Rico Open several times, and even made the cut back in 2015. We spoke about his start in the game, which ironically mirrors his good friend and fellow co-founder of the Devil's Elbow, Geronimo Steve. Finally, we dug into the Devil's Elbow. How did this tournament get off the ground? The vibe that they're trying to achieve for some of the best mid-amateurs in the world. You know, if you're a mid-am looking for a fun tournament to close out your season, you might want to take a listen to this episode and start making your preparations to compete in next year's Invitational. Couple housekeeping items. Make sure you're following Devil's Elbow Golf and the Back of the Range on Instagram. I'm obviously going to be providing tournament coverage this week, but I'm also going to showcase the resort and some of the downtime at the Dominican Republic. Again, this is a very unique tournament, so the coverage is going to match that. As always, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Every episode of The Back of the Range is available at thebackoftherange.com. And there is some new merch on the way. Let's get this episode started. Eric, you're at the back of the range. How are you? Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Been looking forward to this for a long time. Well, me too. And going to be seeing you a couple days uh, heading down to the Dominican Republic for the Devil's Elbow Invitational. We will talk a lot about that uh, in the next next several minutes. But uh, right now we are talking. I'm back home in South Florida, kind of getting packed up, ready to head down to the DR. And you just finished up another one of the, the... the big national mid-amateur tournaments. You're in Birmingham, Alabama. How did the NIT go? Oh, man, great event, great people. The course is amazing, very hard. <laughs> uh, greens are tough. They got me, but you know what? It's it's about, you know, going out there, having a good time, meeting people, and and competing. Uh, that's that's what I, what I like to do. Um, go out there and play good golf, watch good golf, uh, and just, you know, hang out with the boys and, and the people in, in Country Club of Birmingham were amazing, great hosts. They had the course in perfect condition. So looking forward to playing for many years if if I get invited. I, I kept I kept leaving things every day 
him to they 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 give me back my jacket. Oh no! They're like, hey, your jacket, man. I left my range finder the day before, and the, the my jacket yesterday. I just told him, hey, I'm just leaving things, so you have to invite me back that's, for me to come pick That's me up. a veteran move. I mean, most people yeah, don't man. think about. It. Did you leave maybe yeah. like driver's license, passport, car keys? Um, Did you really? I, was, I I I almost left my passport there. Okay. Um, but you know what? I took it because they said they were going to invite me. So I was like, okay, I, I don't have to leave anything else. You you put on the Eric Morales charm to uh, to get yourself back. Um, now I down. now I was just there for the SEC. Uh, fall preview, SEC match play, whatever it's called. But uh, I was just there, and, you know, Gordon Sargent and Jackson Coyvin, I think, hung a couple 63s up there. Uh, Nick Dunlap, our U.S. amateur champion, fired, I believe, a 63 or 64 in the final day to win the individual. Yeah, they played from the red tees. They played from the red tees. They played from the, you mean the forward tees, Eric. Uh, yes. You know, there are no more red tees. Um, okay, forward tees. The forward tees, please. Uh, and so you, so what you're saying is that the course was playing much more difficult for, for, uh, for mid-ams than it was for the flat belly college kids. Is that what you're saying? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I, I mean, I'm sure about that. I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you're a native of Puerto Rico. Uh, explain. We're going to talk about that too. But explain the challenges that you face coming from growing up on relatively flat golf courses with Bermuda greens to going to a place like, you know, sleepy hollow where you play in the U S mid am or uh, again, country club of Birmingham. What, what are the biggest challenges that you face when you play different golf courses around the country? Um, obviously like the speed, the mostly it's the speed on the greens. Okay. Um, it's something that it's very hard for me to get used to, especially coming, coming like one day in advance to practice. It's, it's very hard because you're not putting like with confidence, like, you know, striking a putt. You're like more like on the conservative side of just like, okay, just hit it there. Don't go by a lot. Like, and you can't really like, like just stroke like a good putt. Like you would like, you, like for example, like I would on the Bermuda putt, you right. know? So, uh, so that's, that's the biggest challenge for me when I come play in, in up in North, like I play in bent grass. It just it's it's very hard for me to get used to the greens and, and you know it's it's a thing I, I keep trying. I'm gonna keep trying for the rest of my life, but that's really the biggest challenge for me. Have you thought about switching to a heavier golf ball? I have not. I am very I'm zero I don't know anything about shafts. Um, me neither. Golf me. balls, yeah. like 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 uh, swing speed or any of that. Like if you put a trackman and I hit a trackman, I'll I'll know the yard, the carry, yeah, and the total distance. The rest of the numbers, don't ask me because I don't know. Like yeah. I've never been a technical guy. You know, I've rarely taken lessons. I just try to find a way, and whatever they put in my hat, I try to hit it. Um, so. If you're talking about heavier ball, like I have no idea there were heavier balls. There, there really, <laughs> there really aren't. I was just trying to be funny, but it's and, and, and well, this and this joke is getting funnier. Me I, I know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> this this joke got funnier as as uh, I mean I, I wasn't expecting much out of it, but no. Um, yeah, I I I don't know. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. I you know I got yeah. I got put on a track man recently, and I was like I don't. Okay, I don't know what to do with all of yeah. these numbers. I don't. Okay, so um, I know swing speed could. You know, you want to get that in the three digits, and uh, we have some work to do, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, like for my shafts, for my driver, my three wood. 
I got fitted in 2015 on the Puerto Rico Open by the Tylus guys. Uh-huh. And those are the same shafts I've, I have on 2023. Okay. Well, I'm no so expert, but there, there how have... simple I go. Yeah. I think you should call Titleist and just say, hey, um, have you done anything new in the last eight years? And would I be a good person to test it out? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. A lot, lot of these companies put out something new every year. So go go check with Titleist, see what they can do. Now, you started... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, Go ahead. Sorry. I'm a Tyler's guy, so I got to talk to Luis. Luis, I need to get fitted. I think you should let them know, and and actually, they may take, they may, they may object to the fact that you're playing old equipment. They would probably. I know you're wearing a Titleist hat every time I see you. They might want you to, you know, use some newer gear. So. Oh no, I have I have the latest like clubs. That's that's but the shafts, for oh, example, I got okay. fitted. I've only gotten fitted that one time. Okay. In, 20, in 2015 at the range at in Puerto Rico, the Puerto Rico Open. And that's it. I kept that shaft. I just keep changing the shaft with a new head. Mm, yeah. So there's probably new things out there that are probably better, but, you know, it's, I don't know. I just, I've never taken the time to do it. Like, I just keep it simple. It's a whole new world out there. You might want to look into that. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Talk, talk to, okay, starting, starting the game Puerto Rico. I was actually in Puerto Rico last year. And uh, I've gotten to know some of the people at uh, Puerto Rico Golf Association. I know they do a fantastic job to, to kind of, you know, grow the game in Puerto Rico. Obviously, the Latin America Amateur Championship has has uh, opened many doors. Um, what what was your start in the game? I mean, not to not to date you or age you, but what, 20, 30 years ago you started playing? Um, no, 37 years 37. ago. Okay, um, see, I was, I was being nice. But talk to me about, you know, starting the game in Puerto Rico 30 some odd years ago. So, um, so my grandfather who just passed away last Sunday, I'm sorry um, to hear that. Yeah, it's very recent. Um, um, used to play golf and, and, and I, he would, he would just, when I was, they would, he would get a house at a friend of I, friend of him, um, owned near golf course. And we, I would just cross the street to the golf course and they would get me to hit balls when I was three years old. And I picked it up. I picked it up and, uh, then I started playing. I started playing. My first tournament I played was when I was six, and I won the first tournament I played. Won all the tournaments when I was six, seven, eight, and nine. When I finally get to that age category, which is nine and under, I stopped playing, and I started playing uh, soccer. Okay. Played soccer. Um, got really good at soccer. Played for the national team, Puerto Rico. Then when I was 12, I started playing both, and then when I was 15, I stuck to golf because soccer back back then – wasn't famous in Puerto Rico. And I was like, you know what, where, what can I do to get a scholarship in the States? So I stuck to golf and then I ended up uh, playing Rutgers, in Jersey, um, played college golf there for four years. It was awesome. Had a great time. Came back to Puerto Rico. Didn't play for like a year or two and then started playing again. And that's when actually I started playing like, like more consistent, like competitive golf, which is when I started, you know, I got the chance to play like, and the Puerto Rico Open, the PJ Tour ran, and and uh, and the World Ams and all this stuff. So, so that's how uh, my golf career, you know, went. And then after that, you know, mid Madam Golf, which is I love Madam Golf. It's awesome. I have a great time. Get to meet new people, networking, and it's very competitive. But at the same time, it's more chill. Like what I yeah. I like to be, you know, golf for me is uh, right now. So, you know, I just, I just enjoy competing. I'm going to compete till I, till I can't get into any other event. 
Yeah. So that's why that's why I have my own event, so I can actually get in every now, single time. Now, now we now we get to the bottom of it. He founds yeah. and starts his own tournament. There you go. Hey, so so you got one circle. You have at least one circle on the calendar every year. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, yeah. you know, we're going to talk about this guy a little bit more in detail in a few minutes, but you know, I don't know if you're. Uh, co-host, co-founder, maybe a little bit of both of the Devil's Elbow, but you share that title with Hieronimo Steve. And Hieronimo, you know, great guy. I've known him for years. He's, he was on the podcast back in the early days when I didn't exactly know what end of the microphone to speak into. Uh, huge supporter like yourself of what I'm doing here at the back of the range. Now, we've got Hieronimo Steve, Puerto Rican, who went to Dartmouth College in Hanover, New Hampshire, to play his college off. Yep. As you said, Eric Morales, Puerto Rican, go to Rutgers University in New Jersey to play <laughs> your college golf. Now, I'd like to understand this better. Why do two of the best mid-ams from Puerto Rico, the land of beaches and humidity and Bermuda grass and frozen drinks, decide to go play college golf in the northeast of the United States, the land of scarves, hand warmers, bent grass, frost delays. Explain, explain this to me. How do you two end up in that? <laughs> How did this happen? That's hilarious. So, actually, the first time when I got, I'm playing my first, uh, my first round at Rutgers, like my first round that I like practice with a team. My teammates, it was super cold. And my teammates were like, so you're from Puerto Rico. What the F are you doing in New Jersey? I was like, I don't know, man. Like, you guys offered me a scholarship. I'm here. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I was looking at East Coast and, you know, started looking at some, I looked at universities and in Florida, UF obviously was high bar. Yeah. Um, I rarely played events in the States. I just played one AJGA event. Okay. Uh, which kind of like opened the door for me with uh, Rutgers, but I, I really didn't have like a resume, like to, to show off, like to a lot of schools. So, um, so I played this event and this AJJ, I was remember it's the pink Myrtle beach, AJJ. Yeah. Actually, I played, the, I played the last round with Webb Simpson beat him by one. So I can say I beat a U.S. open champion. I'll let him know next time <laughs> I see him. Yeah. So uh, in 2001, tell him 2001, you played with this Puerto Rican to be you by one. Oh yeah. Okay. I know. The, the, <laughs> the sleep that that guy will lose. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that was, I mean, I got, I pretty much got a, got a full ride there and I picked it up and you know what? It was great. I loved it over there. Um, my teammates were awesome. Uh, and just, you know, from day one, one of my teammates became like family there and his parents were like my family there. So, you know, I, I had everything I needed over there with them. Um, and to this day, we get together. He actually played the mid-am this year. He got to the final 16, Jason Bataille. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it was it was cold, yes. First round, I go and play. I think it was uh, um, the this, what's this turn, uh, this in New Jersey, Galloway National. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. So, first round, playing Galloway National, which is hard as you can imagine, as is. And it's 35 degrees out. Thank you. Play hard. I shoot, I shoot 90 on my first round in college golf. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? I shot 72 the next day. So, you know, I kind of got, you know, got back at it. But, but yeah, that was my first experience in the cold uh, in the golf tournament. And after that, um, you know, uh, I, I had a lot of experience in the cold, 
rain, snow, um, snow, ice. <laughs> One tournament we were playing, like, I was like, how am I supposed to bowl with all this ice on the green? But yeah, you know, you kind of learn and you get used to it. And it was great. I, I, I really, I'm very happy I made the decision to go play there. So you, so you mentioned you're, you're playing better, um, I guess, as a minute. I mean, you've had a lot of success, you know, runner up actually, that was, I believe this year, runner up in the Mexico mid-am and. Yeah. Uh, this pa- past year, uh, December last year. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, great finish there. You qual- you've, you've qualified for USG championships. You, you can, as you said, competed in the Puerto Rico open. I believe you made the cut in 2015, if I have that yes, right. I did. Yes, I did. So mid-ams are prone to losing distance and perhaps a little bit of their nerve as they get older, but you also, you know, have more experience to draw upon. Are What makes you a better mid-am? I mean, are you a better player as a mid-am than you were in college? A hundred percent. Okay. So what, what is making you better? I just think, I just think you mature and you learn more. Um, and you start accepting what golf is going to give you, you know, instead of getting mad at, you know, the shot you miss or anything, you just accept it's going to happen. Yeah. And another thing, when you're in college, you still have that kind of mentality of, you know what, if, if I start playing good, maybe I can, you know, I want to do good to see if I can make it. Once you you make up your mind, you're like, you know what, I'm just gonna work and keep competing, and you know what, it's it's not gonna pay for my bills. Then that kind of pressure you take off that pressure of your of your shoulders and and makes you like go out there and just enjoy and just play, you know. Like for example, I I go play and I can shoot sixty or or eighty, and it's not gonna make a difference to me, you know. I obviously want to do well. I obviously want to win tournaments. But if I don't, or if I don't play well, it's it's not the end of the world, you know, where you're like bombed and all that stuff. So I think that helps a lot in that sense where when you don't have that pressure on you, where you go out there, you know what, I'm going at this pin, I'm going this, you got nothing to lose. So it makes you, it makes you, you know, uh, just be more loose out there and just enjoy it more and play better. One thing I really enjoy is I love kind of picking the brains of mid-ams. You're talking about how you're a much better player you know, now that you're, you know, you have the the work and family and, and life balance, you're not trying to to make it as a professional. You have limited time for practice. Obviously, you have a work and career, and this is something that all mid ends have to face. They just, you just yeah. don't have as much time. You I, I really, I never practice. You won't see me in the range. Okay. Ever. Okay. Like never. Like I just play whenever I get a chance to play Puerto Rico with my friends and stuff. I go out there, pull around and I get to play a bunch of events, which, which I do, but, but really I don't have a, a structure of practicing, you know, which, which, you know what, it, it might be why I go to greens like Birmingham and Cape Pud, you know, uh, <laughs> Might be a okay, reason so, I don't. But. So, so how do you, whether it's on the range or whether it's playing out with your friends or playing in a, you know, going and playing a charity scramble or whatever, what are maybe some of the things that you try and work on, whether it's in a round of golf or not, to try and keep your swing together to, to keep sharp? I mean, are there certain keys that you, like, you know, when you're having a certain miss that you're thinking to yourself, okay, this is getting off track. I need to get it back on track because I have a tournament next week, like the Devil's Elbow. What are like? What did you learn at Birmingham that you're going to try and correct next week at uh, Devil's Elbow? So two things, like Birmingham, I hit the ball pretty well. I was a little off of the tee, which I know what I'm doing. I my my right my uh, my right elbow. I kind of go over it a little bit, so it goes 
that left. Sure. So, and I just, I, again, it's, it's about practicing it. Like I did, I had him play before this week and two weeks when I play in the Dominican Republic uh, tournament, like I didn't touch a club. And I just know when I don't for a long time, I don't that kind of like, that's, that's the thing I got to work on. So, sure. and then the greens, I don't, my putting, I don't you know. It's not a, a worry because obviously the greens over there are not even yeah, close yeah, to what these are. You know, yeah. it's more of a thing where actually I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be able to be aggressive with putts, you know, because it's they're going to be so much slower. That I'm just going to bank them, you know. So, but uh, but yeah, I like for example thinking about it. Like I hit I hit I hit the ball pretty good. Like my scores don't show, but I hit the ball good. It was just my putting really. And then when I didn't make a good score on the hole, it was because I, I was out of play off the tee. Yeah. And in that course, you know, that course is tight. So you're probably, you're chipping out and just trying to get up and down. Yeah. No, it's, it, it so, is challenging. And, and again, it's tough when you're balancing uh, everything else. I mean, gosh, you have your, your real career and then also now you're a tournament director. Um, so you got <laughs> a lot going on. Uh, before we talk about the devil's elbow, you know, we've talked about, you know, playing golf in college, you actually have opportunities had had them this summer to play with some of the best college players in the world. You're, yep. you're at the Northeast Dam. Yep. You're at the uh, Pac Coast. Both of these tournaments are part of the Elite Amateur Golf Series. You know, Juana Moisit, you know, where the, the site of the Northeast doesn't necessarily play to the strength of bombers. You know, it's a small, tight track, but really thick rough. And those greens, man, like oh, yeah. I'm telling you, it's, those greens, and I, it's like – I hate him, but I, I need to go back and just try to, I have to like do well one time I go, because, you know, it's a thing where, where you can hit the ball great. If you're not, you're not putting well, you're not going to have a chance. No. Like, that's how it is. What? And, and one of the most said that tournament's awesome. Like we've seen, we've seen each other there for the past two years. Yeah. I love that event. Um, they do a great job with the event, like, and the course is awesome. And yeah, I get to see all these young guns, you know, playing and practicing and grinding and, you know, what's coming up. It, it gets, I, like I'd say, when I, I see all these young kids in Puerto Rico, I'm like, oh yeah, I wanted to, I was like, man, you gotta, you gotta work hard because it's getting harder every single day. Yeah. You see more players out there, like, like just great swings, hitting the ball, ridiculous distance. Like when I play with, you know, regular amateurs in Puerto Rico and they go, Oh my God, you bomb it. I was like, bro, you should see these kids that are coming up. They drive, I'll drive me by 40 yards. Like it's, it's getting wild out there, you know? And, and, and it gets harder every day. And, you know, my best friend, Rafa, who's playing on, on tour, he got his card now. Um, he's grinding, man. He's, he's a great player. It's, it's, it's very tough. Um, people only look at the guys that are on the top, like, you know, John Ram, Justin Thomas, all these guys that have like, you know, they're doing very well and they're, they're going to be there for the rest of their lives. But man, under those guys outside the 50, all these guys are, you know, today they're here and tomorrow they're in Corn Ferry and the next day they have nowhere to play. It's pretty I, crazy. I would not want to be a 32 year old right now on the Corn Ferry tour. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It's really, really hard. Really. I, well, the good thing about golf is like there's no, H where you can win when you're 50. Oh, it's, oh yeah. Oh, it's I... awesome. But, but yeah, it's, it, it comes to a point where, you know, this is what you live from. So you gotta, you gotta make moves. You gotta make money and, and, and it gets tough. And like I was talking earlier, like that pressure of, of you making it because you want to have like a, a good life. You want to be able to pay all your stuff. You want to have, you know, 
provide for your family and it gets it gets tough man it, it, people don't understand how hard it is and what these guys are going through it's uh and and the the players coming out of the college system in the United States they're they're only getting better and better and better 100% uh, I, I mean 100%. it's just you know like talking you know getting back to to Birmingham just that SEC match play i mean I mean, this is a really small example, but, you know, there's a freshman at Auburn, uh, Jackson Coyvin. You know, he played in the Northeast uh, this past summer. Mm-hmm. He was paired with Gordon Sargent. And you got a freshman that you're thinking, okay, he's going to play with Gordon Sargent. He's going to be, maybe he's going to be intimidated. Shot 63 right in front of him in the second well, round. Let's not go far. Like Dylan Menante, who oh. won the Northeast two years ago by yeah. 100 shots. Yeah. He finished third right now in the Pan American game. Yeah, he lost to Answer he beat, and he lost to, to Munoz. He lost to two. And he beat Quaco, yeah. he beat uh, Mito, he beat all these guys that are top 50 in the world. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's pretty crazy what's going out there with all these kids, young kids. And and most, I mean, you look at the uh, the, the PGA Tour, the leaderboards, and kids. you probably won't know half of the guys that are there because you're like, oh, who's this guy? And all of a sudden, oh. He just, you know, first year on tour and he and they're already killing it, you know? Yep. So so it's it's very tough. That's why I'm, like you gotta really know to understand because people are like, oh, you should turn pro this and I'm like, bro, you have no idea how hard it is, how good these guys are. Like it's not even close. So uh so yeah, it's it's very interesting what's going on in and and golf and, and all these young kids coming up and they're grinding their butt off and and it's gonna get more competitive every year. That is the hope. That's the goal. I, I I love seeing the young guys just jump right out there. Let's let's shift gears. Let's talk about the uh, the Eric Morales Invitational. I'm sorry, the Devil's Elbow. <laughs> the, uh, the Devil's the El- Eric Morales and Herald Club Invitational. Yes. So this is uh, you know this this. So we're talking about the you know the Devil's Elbow Invitational Mid Am Championship. We're gonna go over a lot of the details just so people can kind of get a feel for this. It's at the Punta Cana Resort and Club. Same golf course that the Corrales Championship is played on. That is the PGA Tour event. Um, that is actually something special because the winner of the Devil's Elbow gets an exemption into a PGA Tour event, the Corrales, which uh, that doesn't really happen uh, anywhere else. I mean, other than the U.S. Mid-Am champion getting into the Masters, there is no other Mid-Am tournament where the champion is getting into a PGA Tour event. So that is a a big, big carrot at the end of, uh, at the end of this, uh, tournament, but you know, where you're starting this term, this is the third year. So you're kind of getting it off the ground, right. The be at the, the height, I guess, of COVID and, yep. and, you know, golf is booming now. And you'd think that adding another tournament to the calendar would be an easy undertaking. And of course I'm setting you up here because we of course know that getting anything like this off the ground is really not yeah. easy. So, so let's go to day one, you and Geronimo, your buddies, your mid-ams, you're playing, you're thinking, how does this actually start and get off the ground? Please, so actually, please, please was, tell, please tell me there was a bar napkin involved. No, so check this out. So, so I play a bunch of events in Dominican Republic. They have this uh, professional tour, you know, a bunch of amateur play called the uh, Canada tour. Yeah. And, you know, it's a good, good tournament. So where we go out there, we play three rounds, we get wagger points, which is what we're looking for, for the lack and all this other tournaments. And then one time I'm playing there and I, I've always wanted to host an event, like a big elite event. And I'm talking to the director of golf, Iram, which, which you've talked to him. Um, I go, Iram, 
I want to have a mid like a top mid event. Um, and you know, I've been trying to do it in Puerto Rico. It's been a little bit uphill. And what do you think of doing? He was like, let's do it. I'm like, really? He goes like, yeah, let's do it. Done. And he goes, you know what? We'll throw in a, a start on PGA Tour event. I'm like, whoa, what? He was like, that's, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Let's go. So I was like, okay. So I text ahead. I was like, yo, <laughs> let's do this, bro. There's this who goes like, yeah, man. That sounds great. Let's go. Let's. I'll start recruiting. I'll because you know Hedo's out there with you know the elite of mid am golf. That guy. And and I was like, you know what? Let's get a really good feel. I mean, we want to get some guys out here. It's amazing down here in Dominican Republic. Uh, you know, it's like almost like a vacation that has a golf tournament going on. Sure. And and we 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 built it like in a week we had a we i had everything set for for the tournament you know i all the all the stuff that we wanted to do and he was like yeah let's go so the first year we we had it and it was great had a one that year which is pretty cool you know we host the event and he wins uh you know it was a good start yeah then the second year it was building up like quick and all of a sudden the hurricane hit dr and the main hotel the westing was closed because of the hurricane it got damaged so we had a lot of people bailed out that, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, because, you know, you can say different hotels, but that's like the main hotel in front of the beach, and it's great. It's five minutes away from the golf course, and and it was, it was, it was tough. But you know what? Um, even though we didn't have a lot of people last year, like I was telling you, uh, the owners of Punta Cana and Iram, like uh, Iram Sipa was the director of golf, and Frank Elia Reinier, who owns Punta Cana Resort and the company, they were like so committed. They could have canceled like in the heartbeat. Go like, you know what? You don't have enough players. Sure. Cancel this. But but they were committed to it, and they said it like. And I told them how grateful we were <clears throat> that they didn't cancel. And even though we were not a lot, um, they still had it. And they still get that spot because I mean they're giving up a spot on the PA tournament. That's that's huge because they could give that spot to any oh, top yeah. golfer that's gonna bring you know big time or opportunity for any golfer, you know. So having that given to us was, you know, we have great respect for them for that. Um, so, and that's what they were telling us last year, you know what, we're committed. We're going to keep doing this. Uh, we're going to keep supporting. So that's how it started. And, and and we've been, we've been trying hard, me and Hedo, we've been trying to recruit, you know, it's, it's a little tough because obviously you fly international. It's not, it's not a long, it's a two hour flight from, from, from Florida. Yep. So it's not bad, but still, you know, there's that little thing of going like, okay, so, Oh, if I, if you don't have a passport and you can't fly or, you know, stuff like that, it kind of gets a little tough. Um, but you know what? I, I've been telling the, you know, I was like, you know, we need to get this guy, Ben, who's awesome. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Golf. <laughs> no, for real. I thought I was like, we need to have him. like, he's awesome. He does this, this and that. I show all your work. And I know it's going to be a super, we're just trying to build a great team for this event to keep going for a long time and, and want people to go out there and, and enjoy it. Like I said, Midam golf, it's about you going out there, networking, having a great time with your boys and, and playing really good golf and competitive golf with a great prize. Um, and that's, that's the idea on this event. It's like the first year I get, to, I'm at the range, bring a speaker. I start blasting music. Of in the course. Range. And head was like, yo, I was like, bro this is this is a fun tournament don't start <laughs> you know <there's> no <laughs> and he goes like okay 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 and then after we were talking about it i was like yeah it's this is like a fun event 
but with a great price. You know? so, so you're telling yeah, me that you you're, know, you're yeah. telling me the devil's elbow isn't going to be serving snapper soup. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, come on. You like dude. that? You like it's, that? It's, you like, you yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Hero. I know you're listening. Yeah. But I said to throw that in there. So, so and, and you know, I've and I've said this many times. You know, when I talk to tournament directors or, or players or members at some of these clubs where I'm at these amateur and college tournaments, you know, a tournament's longevity and the strength that it has really can only go as far as the membership. Now I know this 100%. is and, and you know if the member if the membership's behind it, you're golden. If there's a 100%. slight crack, if there's a slight gap, if there's anything that just isn't locked in, your tournament, in my opinion, is on borrowed time. Now, I know Devils is not, this isn't like a country club, this is more of a resort. Yep. But to have what you have with, with Hiram and, and everyone there at Punta Cana, that's got to be for you as the director. you got to sleep a little bit better at night knowing that you have their support of the resort behind you. Yep, hundred percent. Like I was talking to the guys like not long ago, some guys on the tournament, and we were talking about, about the Gasparilla. Yeah, I mean, man, I mean, there's not a membership that supports more a golf tournament than they do. So, would you um, say that the I mean, Gasparilla is so? And yeah, and I guess this kind of goes into like you're talking about music on the range and kind of finding the vibe and identity of this tournament, and you have to be cognizant of that because you know you're recruiting players some mm-hmm. players want the party and then mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit of golf tournament and then some are there for a tournament so you know some some players want a different kind of experience so are you like what is the vibe that you're going for not just like okay people can always find a, a cocktail and they can always find you know yep. some fun but what's the identity of this tournament that you foresee moving forward, maybe in the next like three, four years? I just think it has, it has a great balance. Like you'll go out there and you'll play competitive golf with great field, great guys, great golf course, very challenging. And then you'll have the fun part when you where if you want to have the drink, you do. If you want to blast music, you can. Yeah. I mean, always with respect to the rest of the players, but, but I, it's, it's, I just want to find that balance in which, you know what? I go out there, I have a great time. My wife goes down there, goes out there with me. She has a great time by the pool, by the beach. Like that's what we want to create. Like a, like a little, you know, that, that club of, of guys that go down there and have a great time and you see each other, like maybe you don't see them for a year, but every time you go there, you get guys get together and have a great time and compete and for amazing price. And that's what, that's what, what, what we look for, you know, cause it's like there's a there's a the balance is me and Hedo. Hedo is more of the serious guy, you know, grind, you know, serious yeah. all this stuff. Like I'm more of a fun guy. I talk to everybody, the music, let's have a drink, this and that. So we 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 combine both things and and find a balance in that where you can have guys on both sides, you know, and Very they'll smart. go out there and have a great time. Yeah. So you're you're in charge of player experience. Exactly. Player experience is having a great time. Header's more of like recruiting these guys to play all these, you know, elite event, mid event, all this great, but you know, serious, all that stuff. I'm more like, hey, come down here. We'll have a beer while we're playing, this and that, you know. Okay. Let, <laughs> Which let was me... awesome. Birmingham, Birmingham was great. Like they had coolers out there on the first and the tenth tee. I mean, packed with beers. It was like, Perfect. This is made am golf, baby. Go out now, there and play, have fun, have I... beer, and you can drink, you can not drink, and still, you, you know, you still have fun, and you talk to the guys, and and that's it's just a great experience, man. And and I I got to talk to a lot of guys um, this week at, in Birmingham, and 
some knew about the tournament, looking forward to going, some didn't, and told me, hey, just shoot me a message and and, and I'll go. And I'm telling you, really good players out there. I mean, you'll see some mid-ams that are could be playing competitively, like professional. Like it's 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 pretty crazy. Um, I, even when I, I played the Mid-Am, the USCA Mid-Am, I played first round with Scott Harvey. That guy. That guy. <laughs> yeah. He's all right. <laughs> that, that guy has never passed a cooler without stopping and opening it up. That guy. So so he goes, man, there's one event in, in the year that my wife has been busting my butt to go, and that's the Devil's Elbow. I love and it. And that's great to hear because – you know what the wives are pushing to go because they want to go out there and have like a mini vacation with, with their husband while they go play. It's like you go that. I think that's the only event where wives will go like, you know what? Go play. Don't come back till eight o'clock. I'm yeah. going to have a great time. Yeah. You know? I, I think and, that's a great point because yeah. like if you can, I mean, you're selling, I mean, we're now we're actually, we've, we've gone completely off script of the podcast and now I'm getting into business mode here talking about the tournament, but man, have you thought about like like creating uh, not just player experience, but creating the wife and girlfriend experience for them when they get down there? Because if you get the wives and you get the girlfriends, you're home free, man. hundred percent. No, and they have activities for them down there when they go. Okay, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, we have the welcome welcome party, the cocktail, um, on Wednesday night, which obviously they're all invited. They sure. all go out. They go out there. They all meet. Everybody meets. Have a great time and. And after that, they have different activities in the hotel for the wives. Damn. All right. Yeah. You guys are, you got this. And I mean, and just, and I know the answer to this, but people listening are thinking this just sounds like a booze fest in the DR. Um, <laughs> li- okay. So real basic stuff. Uh, volunteers, rules officials, live scoring. Talk to me about, are, are we going to see, are people that are following it back home, are they going to be able to follow this tournament like they could any other elite level amateur tournament? Hundred percent golf genius. We're gonna have live scoring. Every group's gonna keep the score. We have two rules officials, USGA rules officials down there. Um, I mean, everything is is legit. We got wagger points for all the players. It's it's a real event. It's and and then you got the winner gets a spot into the PGA Tour event. So I mean, we cover all the bases on the competitive side of of really uh, creating an elite event. Give me, if you can, I know this, I'm hitting you with this off the top of your head, but what has been so far the most memorable moment of the devil's elbow off the golf course for you? Something that has stuck in your mind, whether it's a story or it's an experience, but something that kind of hits you as like, this is it. This is why we built this. This is exactly what I'm going for. There's really, there really hasn't been one event, but just going out there, like for example, in USGA Mid-Am and all these big events when I go out there to just come, let people come to you and go like, hey man, I heard your event was awesome. I can't wait to be able to go down there like this and that. Just listening to all that stuff and just people talking about it in a sense where every single person has told me like, hey, it was awesome. Like yeah. there's not one person that, and I'm very open to people going, telling all these guys going like, hey, please, Give me feedback on on what we did wrong, yeah. what we need to fix this and that, and they're like, man, everything was everything was great. Really, like I can't I can't think of one thing where where I'd be like, hey, I didn't like this or I didn't like that. Every single time, I mean, I've I've been receiving such an amazing feedback, 
that that's the most rewarding stuff because yeah. that's what I want to create. I want to create an event where guys go out there, have fun, and get to meet other guys and get to compete at a high level. And, and that's that's what it's all about, really. That's got to be fun when you're, you know, whether it's down there in Punta Cana or you're traveling around or, you know, just having a beer with someone when you're like, hey, I'm, I'm actually creating something in amateur golf. That's got to be pretty special. Yeah, it, it is. And, and you know, I, I keep I keep myself busy also in Puerto Rico with like the young kids. And the other day they I had an interview there interviewing me about, you know, my Korean golf and all this and that. And and I was I was telling you know what? It comes to a point where obviously I want to compete. I want to play for Puerto Rico. If I make national teams and I make world amps, all that stuff, you know what? That's awesome. I'll play. But it it comes to a point where that where you just gotta let that go and and just give a chance to all these kids that are coming up yeah. to have the opportunity and the experience that I've been blessed to have. Um, so, and it's not like everybody was like, are you retiring? I was like, no, I'm not retiring. I'll play golf. Till I, till t- somebody tells me, bro, you can't play more, any more golf. <laughs> but, but it's the thing where being conscious on, on where, you know what, there's, it's, it means so much more for somebody that's coming up to play a certain event than for myself. You know, yeah. and, and once you start realizing that and understanding, it humbles you in a way and, and it makes you feel good and that you're giving back for all the opportunities that you were given. Because, I mean, in my life, so many people have given me so many opportunities and have helped me that it, it comes to a point where it's it's your turn to just give back. So, you know, I, I want to keep doing this. I want to, I want to have an elite event in Puerto Rico. I've been, I've been thinking about it also for like a regular amateur event where, you know, all the kids can play and for Puerto Rico and then bring guys from the, from the States or from the world that are top elite players also for, you know, just to get, give them a chance to see what's out there. Because for example, for me, when I was younger, I played all these turns in Puerto Rico when I was a junior and I was turning up. I was winning every tournament. Now I go to the States and I shoot a good round and you're, ah, yeah, you're might be top 20 or I'm like, Whoa, what, what happened here? Yeah. So, so you need to be exposed to all that stuff because that's, that's really how you learn. Um, you're not going to learn on range. You're not going to learn playing by yourself. Um, you learn by going out there and just understanding the game and watching top players how they play, how they, the decisions they make on the golf course, all that stuff. It's just a, it's just a whole different game of what, what you get used to watching when you just, you know, practice or, or play by yourself, you know? You know, it'd be really great. I don't know if this has ever been thought of or it can be done, but there's a lot of college tournaments that are in Puerto Rico in February. A lot of the, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of the Northeast uh, teams are just, you know, they, they go down to Puerto Rico and they have a tournament. It'd be really great if, they could maybe add a, you know, maybe a Puerto Rico junior all-star team or something where they compete against those college players and see what it's that like. That would be a great idea, yeah. yeah. That would be a great idea. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That'd be fun to do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to about it. Yeah, I mean, just throw, throw, you know, throw five guys in there yeah. and just, you know, or, or yeah, just get them in there and get them playing and get them seeing what, you know, I know uh, there's a lot of big teams that go down there. And I mean, I think the coaches would kind of like seeing it too. So, yeah. And then they get, they get to see players that, you know, it might be potential for recruits. Yeah. yeah. Put a junior all-star team in there. Yeah. So that's a good idea. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get that idea and, and throw it back at, at the golf association 
for them to work that out. Do it. Make it happen. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to get you out of here pretty soon because I know you got a, you're going Birmingham to San Juan down to uh, the Dominican. So you got some crazy travel. Um, I'm very excited that the back of the range is is coming down to. uh, And we are also, we're also very grateful, very grateful that you accepted the invite to be part of the event. And, and like I said, I've, I've been, I've been watching your work. Uh, for you know all the tournaments we we see each other and it's just i think you, what you do is amazing you're the best guy out there doing it and to have you be part of of the event we created is it's uh we're very grateful well i i appreciate that it's it's going to be a lot of fun um the thing i wanted to ask you about now as you said you've been following my work and and as a golf photographer um you sir are very easy to spot um yeah from I mean, from several fairways away, I think that, I mean, you know, I, I can see you at one end of Wanamoiset from, from the other. And, and, and I, I'm bringing this up as this is something that, you know, I've had conversations with college players, with juniors about, about branding and about showing a little bit of your personality. And yeah. Now you're a mid-am, you're not, I, I'm assuming that you are not actively looking to, you know, get an NIL deal or you're not, you're not building your brand (laughs) up. Right. You're not building your (laughs) brand for a pro career, uh, trying to get endorsements, but I want to, could you speak a little bit about how the importance of you kind of showing your sense of style, what you wear, how that's part of your identity. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I've always, it's, it's funny. Cause I always say like, if, if you play bad out there, at least you look good doing okay. it, you know, yeah. which is my mentality. You got to be out there. You got to look good. Like I always say golf is such like an elegant sport in which you could, it's, it's like, it's your chance to go out there and look really good. And it, 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 even, even if you're, if you're better, it's even better, you know, looking good. Sure. Um, but it's a, it's a thing where, where there's so many things out there where you can look like really elegant and, and I just try to try to find brands that, uh, that, that look like that. And for example, I, a couple of years ago, I, I saw this brand pins and aces and I was like, man, I like that brand. And I talked to the guy, Hey, I want to sell that brand in Puerto Rico. He goes like, well, I, I sell in Puerto Rico already. So what's, I was like, Hey, I'll sell you X, X in this amount and, and I'll get the brand. I was like, okay, do it. So I did it. And we built a great relationship uh, with Nick Mertz, who's the uh, owner of uh, pins and aces. Rafa, is wearing on tour also and his brand is very loud and and fun yeah. and colors and stuff like that so me finding something that's very nice looking where it's elegant but also brings out some color and some happiness out there you know and the, and the sport that's so cruel that can be so cruel yeah please you know what you look you look great out there and it's fun and people you know people enjoy it. i'm telling you every single term i go even today, even today in Birmingham, when I'm walking to sign my score, the guy goes like, man, best shirt out there. Well, and, and here's why I bring <laughs> that up because in a, in a sport where everyone can kind of look the same, you know, you're, you are building a brand and I can imagine that this also helps tremendously when it comes to talking to mid ams about coming down to playing the devil's elbow. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Everybody was still asking me about my covers, my 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 bag, yeah. my shirts, all this stuff, and and yeah, it, it does. And and like I said, like 
I this brand I, I saw in Puerto Rico, which you know is not, not my main business. I have a call center in Puerto Rico, but yeah. I, I took this because I like I like clothing, obviously, and looking good on the golf course. And this brand gave me an opportunity to do so. And I always they go like, "Oh man, you're killing it, Puerto Rico." I was like. Dude, this is, I lose money with this because I give out so much stuff to my friends <laughs> that I make zero money. <laughs> well, and, yeah. but, but like, a, yeah, but see, and again, I, and I understand what you're saying and I, and I'm bringing it up basic, basically because you, you know, you want to be memorable and I don't care if yeah. you're in junior golf, you're a mid-am, yeah. Yeah. a line of work you're in, you want to be memorable. And that's something that I think college players and, and amateurs that may be looking to make this their profession you know, think a little bit about that. And and you've taken that, you know, and turned it up a notch. But I guarantee you that, you know, you have an identity and a brand and people are are recognizing you because of it. And they feel they know you already. I tell people out there, like, just, you know what, go out and just express, like, wear whatever you want to yeah. wear. I mean, obviously, within being for like elegant on the golf course, sure. but you have the opportunity where you can wear whatever you want. And nobody's going to say anything like, because it's your identity on the golf course. It's not like, like there, if there's a tuxedo weed wedding and you go there and you go wearing shorts and a t-shirt and everybody's going to look like, or a pink tuxedo, you're like, whoa. But on the golf course, you can express yourself in a way where people can be like, oh man, that looks good. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's what I try to find all these different things and different combinations where you go out there, you know, and, and I'm telling you, every single event, man, every single event, somebody tells me something about my shirts. Somebody always tells me, and which, and it feels good because you're like, you know what? I'm being different and, and people, people appreciate it, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, Eric, really excited that we're able to catch up before we both kind of get on a plane and head down to the Dominican Republic. Um, all of the Devil's Elbow content will be on the uh, Instagram account, Devil's Elbow Golf on Instagram, as well as the back of the range. Really excited to be part of this uh, this tournament. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you stopping by the back of the range to talk, uh, talk shop for a bit. And I'll see you down there, man. Safe travels. Thanks, man. Safe travels to you, too. I'll see you Tuesday. And there you have it. Special thanks to Eric Morales for joining me on this episode here at the Back of the Range. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. And if you're on Instagram, which everyone is, follow Devil's Elbow Golf and see all the content I create down here in the Dominican Republic at the Devil's Elbow Invitational. We'll see you next time here at the back of the range.